This morning from 1 Samuel chapter 16, the first three verses. The Lord said to Samuel, How long will you grieve over Saul? I have rejected him from being king over Israel. Fill your horn with oil and set out. I will send you to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have provided for myself a king among his sons. Samuel said, How can I go? If Saul hears of it, he will kill me. And the Lord said, Take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show you what you shall do. And you shall anoint for me the one whom I name to you. This is the Word of God for the people of God. People come to pastors with questions of all kinds. Close to the top of the list of most frequently asked questions, though, are a couple that I put in your outline. People ask, how does prayer work? Or how can we know or understand God's will or God's leading? Now, sometimes people are coming who have been long-time Christians, who have been faithful in their spiritual practices, and they've hit a dry spell of a sense. They just don't feel like their relationship with God is the same, that it's quite right. Something has gone wrong, and they're wondering, how does prayer work? How can I understand what's going on? But others come with the same question, but out of a very different circumstance. They have found themselves in a crisis. Something has gone sideways. Their life was going along fine as far as they were concerned and then they were knocked down or knocked back or something happened that created a crisis in their life and now they're really seeking God and they're wondering how does this prayer thing work I need some help and they're trying to figure out how God is working in their life at that moment but questions about prayer and discernment can happen to anybody When we read through the gospel stories, we see that at a number of points, Jesus is praying to God, trying to figure out direction for his life and who he needs to be and who is God calling him to be. In a few weeks, we'll read that poignant story of his last night alive on earth in the physical sense. And he's praying that what he thinks he sees coming is not really going to come and hoping that God will somehow change the circumstances in which He finds Himself. If Jesus struggles so mightily with knowing what God wants at any moment in His life or where God is leading Him, we should not be surprised that sometimes we too struggle to figure out how does prayer work? What is God saying to me? How is God at work in my life? And where is God leading me? And can I discern clearly what God is trying to say to me? And yet we have these stories throughout the Bible, like the one we read this morning from 1 Samuel, who make it sound so easy, so clear. God speaks and Samuel hears and knows it's God. God speaks again and Samuel knows exactly what to do. But I would suggest to you that normally it doesn't happen quite that easily. In real life, in current time, so many different things going on in most of our lives that it's tricky to discern exactly what God is saying in the midst of our lives or which way God is prompting us or leading us. I think it's important to remember that all of these Bible stories 
are recorded after the fact. Hindsight is twenty twenty. they say. It's so much easier for me to tell you about something that happened years ago. Or for you to say, God did this and I did that and it all worked out wonderfully and I'm sure God was in it. But right in the middle of circumstances where we are not sure and things are changing in our lives, it's much more difficult to figure out what's happening. But I want us to take a few moments to explore this story that we have today from 1 Samuel, because there are some things here that we can learn about prayer and discernment. As we pick up the reading, we find that Samuel is stuck. He is stuck currently in his life. You can hear it in that very first sentence when the Lord speaks to him and says, How long will you grieve over Saul? How long? How long are you going to be here? Now, it's a very long story in 1 Samuel that leads up to this. But let me just summarize it for you. God has chosen Saul to be king. Samuel has anointed him. They have become close. They are workers for God. But then after a while, Saul makes a couple of decisions that defy Samuel and defy God. And there is a break in the relationship. And Samuel is grieving. They have separated and gone in different directions. And that's where we find Samuel this morning when we began to read in the 16th chapter. And God is asking him, though, how long will you grieve for Saul? You see, what's happened to Samuel is that he's looking backwards. He's still thinking about all that has happened and all that God has done and all that that relationship has meant for him. And sometimes we do that too. And sometimes we need help reorienting. Instead of looking backwards, sometimes it's, it's time to turn and look forward. And that appears to seem what God is saying to Samuel here in this passage. Is, there is a future opening up for you. I'm ready to lead you forward, but you're still looking backwards. How long are you going to continue to look backwards? That happens in my life sometimes. Maybe it's happened in yours too. So often when God is calling us into the future, it's time to start a new journey or open a new chapter in our lives, but it can be difficult. But what we're told in this passage is that God is with us. If you are ready and willing, God will send you out and will provide for you as you go. Did you hear that part? God says to Samuel, fill your horn with oil and set out. I will send you to Jesse, the Bethlehemite, for I have provided for myself a king among his sons. What's Samuel grieving about? Losing his king. God is ready to provide a new one, but Samuel is not quite yet ready. Samuel can't quite see it yet. Samuel's still resisting. Now, when he hesitates or resists, Samuel says, listen, God... I'm not sure this is a good idea, because if I go do this, Saul's going to kill me. And if you read through 1 Samuel, a lot of people get killed. It's a legitimate concern. There's a lot of violence in this part of the Bible. But it's characteristic of so many of us. When God begins to lead us into the future, we resist, we object, we hesitate. Have you ever hesitated when you sensed God's call or direction 
or prompting? I would bet most of us have. So often, God's call takes us out of our comfort zone, just like it did for Samuel. God's taking us to a new place and we're not quite ready to go. Oh, we might want to change, but we're not sure we want that change. And so we draw back or we hesitate. But notice what this text teaches us is that God is still with us. God is still working. God is still leading even when we hesitate. God doesn't give Samuel the whole plan, but offers him the next step he can take. Did you hear it? He tells him that he will provide for him and that he can go. And then he says, take a heifer with you and say, I've come to sacrifice to the Lord. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice and I will show you what you shall do. God is ready to go if Samuel is ready to go. But Samuel is still discerning and is unsure and hesitates a little. That really matches my experience in my own life as well as others I have talked with that we begin to sense God leading us, but we want to be sure. We'd like to see the whole plan. Could you lay it out for me? I see one step, but I'm not sure where the path is leading. Could I see step two, three, four, five, step 100, step 1,000? Could you show me the whole thing? And so often we just get a glimpse of where God's leading and we have to step out in faith if we're going to follow God. If you were here last summer, you might remember I told you the story of Bob, who was a new Christian, and he had a mentor that was helping him and he was trying to learn how to pray. And his mentor said to him, I tell you what, why don't you focus on one thing, pray about it every day for six months and see if we can notice something that God is doing in your life around that area of concern. Bob says okay and begins to pray and nothing happens for quite a while. But then things begin to change and Bob begins to notice one thing or another and then some quite fantastic things happen and through Bob... He's able to help hundreds of orphans. And you see God's love pouring through him to change other people's lives. It's a wonderful story. It's so encouraging to see how God sometimes works through our lives for the good of others. So I said to you, I'm going to take the Bob challenge. I'm going to pray about something for six months. I invite you to do the same thing. Hundreds of you took the challenge and would write me and tell me how things were working out. I've shared some of those stories back through the sermons over these last few months. But I haven't told you about my experience in that. I want to tell you a little bit about that this morning. About the time... I read the story about Bob. I started thinking maybe my wife and I, Mary, should sell our house. I thought maybe God would help me with that. So that became my Bob challenge. I thought I'll just start praying about that every day. And wow, probably in six months, my house will be sold and I'll be able to tell you all about it. It'll be a fantastic testimony, right? Only if it worked that way. So I prayed about it and didn't sell my house. Had some lookers, no offers. Came to the end of the six months trying to figure out what's this all about. I want us to look at it for a minute because it gives us an opportunity to think through how does prayer and discernment really work. The first thing I could tell you is I didn't pray every day. I don't know if this happens to you, but some days I get up and I'm running late and I don't 
take time to pray about everything on my prayer list. So sometimes I was praying, but not about the house. So you could say, well, the bed is off. You didn't pray every day. <laughs> right? Now that works with humans. If you have a bat and you don't hold up your end, I hope it's not that way with God. Because then it kind of becomes magic. If you say the right words on the right day, Shazam, you get God to do what you want. But it's important to remember that as Christians, what we believe, what changes most in prayer is us, not God. We're praying for God's will to be done. For us to learn about that rather than the other way around. The other thing could have been, I mean, this is possible. I could have just gotten greedy. Maybe I just set the price too high because I wanted a little bit too much out of my house. That happens to us sometimes too, doesn't it? We sort of get a sense of what we want God to do. And then we sort of take over and we think we're going to work it out. And then it doesn't quite work the way that we thought. That's a possibility. Or maybe I got the prompting right and got the timing wrong. That happens as well. My wife said from the very beginning, we maybe should be doing this, but I'm not sure. Because our youngest daughter, Hope, is in school. And we know she's going to graduate in May, but has to do some student teaching before she can do that. We knew she was going to come to the Tulsa area for part of that. And sure enough, she's living with us now, as well as one of her classmates who's also doing student teaching. And they both got assignments just minutes from where we live. So that works out perfectly. So maybe I was supposed to be preparing to sell my house, but not selling it yet. It's hard to figure sometimes, isn't it? Or maybe it's just that I need to learn to be more patient and persevere with God a little more. The Bible is full of stories where God begins to lead a person or people and then they get anxious, but God says, slow down, this is going to take a while. You can think of the story of the Exodus. God delivers these folks out of slavery from Egypt and they're on their way to the promised land. But it takes 40 years. How many of us are ready for a 40-year journey trusting God to get what we think has been promised to us? Well, you can read Jeremiah. People love to quote this passage out of Jeremiah. I see it a lot these days that says, Jeremiah is saying that God has plans for us and God knows the plans and they are for good. And then people proceed to tell me that's probably going to happen tomorrow or next week. They didn't read the whole chapter. <laughs> Later in the chapter, Jeremiah makes clear that God's promise is going to take 70 years. In other words, most of us are going to be dead before it happens. Sometimes faith requires patience and perseverance. Trusting that God really is at work. And the most important part is for us just to stay with God. Or the other possibility was, I got it all wrong. It was all my idea. It wasn't God's idea at all. And God wasn't prompting me to sell my house. And I just missed it. That happens sometimes too. Where we think God is leading us in one direction and we're, we're just wrong. It, it's not right. Trying to translate something infinite into the finite is never an easy task. Dr. Roberta Bondi, who works a lot with the early monastics, 
and was here to speak to us a few weeks ago, has a great quote about prayer I want to share with you this morning as we wrap this up. She writes, prayer is fundamentally being in connection with God. Good things may and do come out of it, but we do not pray for the sake of those good things. If we pray primarily to get something out of it, whether it is psychic wholeness, insight into our own depths, or a new bicycle, we are giving up the goal of love of God before we even start. How can we love God if we only approach God in terms of what God can or will give us? So I would conclude that discernment and prayer are more an art than they are science. It's more about a relationship than a transaction. But I do believe that as we continue in faith, looking for God's leading, it will come and become clear to us. As God says to Samuel at the end of our passage, I will show you, I will show you what you shall do. So Samuel's job becomes, and I think it's my job, perhaps yours as well, it's just like the kids saying, keep listening, keep watching as you're waiting and praying, keep the faith and keep trusting that indeed God is at work in your life. Then I think is when we'll finally see the clarity of what God is doing in our lives. Bondi, as she studies the early monastic shares, that they found that continuing to read Scripture and making sure to find time to observe silence regularly are two of the keys to meaningful prayer and discernment. She also says that they discovered discernment is best understood in a community of faith, in the company and with the help of others. We're going to look at that next week. Amen. And thanks be to God.
Some of you may remember Suzanne and Andy Hood. They were members of our church over 35 years ago. They've moved back to town. They rejoined the church at the early service. Watch for their picture being the paper this morning. This is Audra Fogel. She's our director of welcoming ministry. She will help them find their way here again. If you're a guest among us and have any questions, speak to Audra. She'd be delighted to help you with that. There are three tables down in Bishop's Hall. I want to remind you are there just in case you're interested in one of these activities. Our Boston Avenue Youth Troop, which does the spring drama every year, is preparing thoroughly modern Millie. It's ready to go on Friday, April 7th, the first performance, 7 p.m. that Friday night. The second performance will be Sunday afternoon, April 9th at 2.30. Tickets are $10 or $25 max for a family. They would love to have you come and be a part of that. I think you'll hear them singing in the hallway after the service. You can go by and call the church. You can get tickets online. We'd love to have you come to one of those performances if you'd like to be a part of that. The show they're doing, you might remember the movie if you're as old as I am or older, came out in the 60s, but they redid it as a stage play. It won Best Musical a few years ago. That's the version they're doing. It'll be a delight to be a part of that. Also, our base camp is coming up. That's a service and mission experience on Sunday afternoon, a week from today. There'll be indoor jobs and outdoor jobs. We'd love for you to be a part of that. There's a table down there. They'll tell you more about it. They'd love to have you sign up so they'll know how many lunches to prepare. And then also our youth are at a table. They're having their annual stock sale, inviting you to invest some financial resources in their mission and outreach work. They'd love to talk with you as well as they prepare for their summer activities. We're so glad that you're here today as well. Let me send you out with God's blessing. Oh, God of grace and glory, we give you thanks for your presence with us here. We pray that every person in this room felt the touch of your spirit and is so filled with your love that now we're ready to go forth, oh God, trusting that indeed you are leading us. Amen.